Welcome back to the CP for Three podcast. I'm joined here again with Jack today. Jack, how are you doing? I'm doing good, Christian. How about you? I'm doing good also. Before we start today's podcast, we want to give our condolences to the Bryant family and the nine other people that died in a tragic helicopter crash two Sundays ago. Kobe Bryant was such an iconic player and person around the world, and it was such a tragedy to see him, his daughter, and the other people on board leave. But the main part of our episode today will be the NBA trade trade deadline jack let's let's hear your thoughts first so yeah the trade deadline it's right around the corner it's tomorrow it starts it ends tomorrow the trade deadline and one of the major things that has happened not particularly with trades but yesterday it was announced that the knicks have fired their president of basketball operations steve mills and um the knicks have really been linked to raptors president and gm masai ujiri and this is just a really like um, interesting connection because they've been linked for a while now. It's been a few months. There were some reports a few months ago that he could leave the Raptors for the Knicks, but now it's really starting to pick up some speed. And I mean, it's it would be really great, honestly, if Masai decided to go and join the Knicks because he's just he he was able to build the Raptors from the ground up. He was able to land Kawhi in one of the greatest trades of all time, in my opinion, and lead them to a championship. So if he were to go to the Knicks, I think that'd be really great for basketball. Christian, I know you have some thoughts on this. So let me hear them. As a Knicks fan, I'm very happy that Steve Mills is gone. I think that he was the worst man for the job, and he accomplished nothing. As for Masai Ujiri, this would be an excellent hire for the New York Knicks. As Jack just said, he pulled off one of the greatest trades of all time. He built the Raptors from the bottom up. He was able to hire Nick Nurse. He moved off of Dwayne Casey even after right right after he won the Coach of the Year. So he knows when to move on and move off, guys. He he drafted. He didn't draft Kyle Lowry. He brought Kyle Lowry, who's been amazing for the Raptors. He found Pascal Siakam in God knows yeah, where, yeah. which is, in my opinion, a really underrated move. He's always been able... He found Fred Van Leet mm-hmm. out of Wichita State, undrafted. Masai Ujiri is a man for talent, and he's not afraid to do stuff. And even though you could say he's done some questionable moves at the time with Kawhi Leonard, it's always seemed to pay out. And the New York Knicks are in such a position right now where they need somebody like Masai Ujiri, whose track record is so strong that the f- when when he would come here to the Knicks, hopefully, there's no possible way he can screw it up. James Dolan right now has finally done something well. He finally stepped in when he needed to to get rid of the awful, awful front office that Steve Mills controlled for so long. And I think that Scott Perry and Masai Ujiri running the Knicks would be outstanding. Lately, there's been reports coming out that Steve Mills wanted to extend Marcus Morris, which in my opinion would have been the dumbest things in the world, and other moves like that that Scott Perry didn't have the power to do. But I think with a very, very smart man and Masai Ujiri running the Knicks, the Knicks could finally be back on track. Well, there's no question that Masai Ujiri would do an excellent job as the president of the Knicks. I mean, he's unquestionably one of the greatest GMs and presidents in the, in the game right now. But it's just, would he be willing to go there? We have no, we don't know him personally, obviously. We don't know how real these reports are. I mean, he's in a perfect situation right now with the Raptors. I mean, he has a great team. The team has overperformed by a lot this year. They have a second seed in the East. They could really, they could make a run for another championship. I mean, they're in the East. Again, there's only one other good team there, the Bucks. They could make another run for all we know. He's in a perfect position to keep winning. It's not like he's, he has a losing team. So the real, the real only reason why... He would go to the Knicks is to be able to prove that he is that guy. He is one of the greatest GMs in the history of the NBA. That's why he would want to go. Because if he were to able to rebuild this Knicks team successfully, because I don't, it's not definitely not a guarantee considering their owner and just how bad they've been for so long. It's definitely not a guarantee. So if he were able to do that, that would cement himself in NBA history, and he would definitely be remembered. 
I don't necessarily think that it he would leave the Knicks to prove he can rebuild. I think he would just want to leave the Knicks and not leave, leave the, the Raptors. Leave the Raptors, my bad, and join the Knicks to win in a big market overall because that helps his brand so much more. And the thing, my main question with I don't was, think he needs a brand though. He's already started this world, yeah, but, world of basketball. Have you seen how many people want to leave the Raptors? No one wants to stay in Toronto. It's evident. I mean, but they've had so much success. He's been there for a long time, and it's not like free agents have been dying to come to New York in the past. We all know that. Free agents haven't been dying to come to the Raptors either, but then I think he sees the Knicks as, if I'm in charge, I could really land some free agents. That I'm saying maybe he could do that, but with the Raptors, he's been able to have a lot of success without attracting those free agents. So it's not necessarily something he... Maybe he sees he could be even more successful with the Knicks as a more tractable location. But it's really up in the air because no one's really wanting to go to the Knicks, so I can't say that much. But my it's, main, not, it's not uh, like going to the Knicks, he's going to have more success with the Knicks because you can't really have more success than he's have been having right now. So I think I really do think it's it's totally up to him if he were, were to want to go to the Knicks. Also, from a well, money standpoint. When would he go, though? That's, the, that's my main question. I heard his contract is up after the end of this year. And the Knicks would have to buy out his his current the Knicks contract. Either would have to and to give the draft Raptors yes, draft compensation, exactly. but which, I, which I don't think the Knicks are willing to do. But maybe there, a report came out that the Raptors owner was willing to let Masai Ujiri go because he wants to go to the Knicks. But after seeing what happened with Kevin and Kyrie Irving, I cannot trust any of these people. Again, anymore. these re- these reports saying the owner would let him go, that Masai wants to go. I'm not going to believe any of it until something actually happens. But I mean, again, there's certainly intr- mutual interest, and there can be mutual interest, but nothing ever happens. So I mean, it's up to Masai if he want. I do think if he were to go, it would be to prove. I mean, from a money standpoint, I'm, I'm not never gonna say don't do it for the money. But if he wants to do it for the money and just to really rebuild a team that has been bad for so long that really has no pieces right now that they can build for, he would really just take over. He would have to start everything over. Like get picks, maybe free agents, but this would be a long process. If he really wants to do that, and he really wants to become like one of the greatest GMs of all time, this is this is a perfect opportunity to do that. Or he could stay with the Raptors, continue to have success, and still be one of, still be one of the greatest GMs of of our time. Honestly, that's a good point, though. I, to be honest, the Masai Ujiri to the Knicks, from his perspective, to my opinion, doesn't make a lot of sense just because yeah, the Knicks. Um, incompetence does he and want, ability. Does he want to deal with the dysfunction, the owner, Maybe Masai Ujiri, though, the mutual interest of the Knicks could stem from that. I don't personally think this Raptors team is going to win a championship anytime soon. I think they'll make deep runs in the playoffs. And he, maybe he looks at the Knicks as having some young talent that he can build from there and on the rise. Yeah, but you could make the argument that the Raptors have... Equal, they definitely have a better yeah, chance than the Knicks. Also, it's a tough spot, though, in my young, opinion. But. Think about their young talent. They have Pascal Siakam, one of the best young stars in the game today. They have Frank Van Fleet, very solid I didn't piece. say they had bad talent. No, I'm, I'm said, not saying you did, but they also have OG Anunoby, great great forward there. They have a Norman Powell, another another great young guy. So they do have these pieces, too. So it's not like he staying with the Raptors, he's never going to have a chance to win another championship. He, right now, currently with this team, they could make a run. It's a long shot. But it's still way better than the Knicks would have anytime soon. And, or if Masai Ujiri decides he doesn't like this current Raptors team, he could start rebuilding them again. He could trade Kyle Lowry. He could trade Marcus. So he could trade all these vets and build around their young core and stay in Toronto, a place where he's been comfortable his entire career instead of moving to the New York Knicks, where new owner, new city, new fans, like whole new environment. Where Would he necessarily be comfortable there? I don't know. That's up to him again with the money and stuff. But there's, there's two different options here. It's all up to him. And if he would want to rebuild the team, he could do that in Toronto too. That's a good point to bring up. I don't know how the how 
how happy fans would be. Not say fans, but people in general. That I don't understand. I don't see the 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 draw to rebuild the Raptors necessarily. I think if he was to rebuild, the Knicks would make much more sense. But I think it's just something we're gonna have to wait and see out. Yeah, I mean, he could very well go to the Knicks. I I'm very skeptical. I, uh, personally, I do not think that's that is gonna happen at all. I think James Dolan's gonna maybe he's gonna end up having to hire someone else. He's not gonna want to wait for Masai. He's not gonna want to trade any draft picks for him. So I think ultimately the Knicks are just not going to have the option to get him. And I don't think the interest is great enough for anything to happen. But moving on from that, since we're talking about the Knicks right now, and then the trade deadline is coming up right around the corner, I think we want to talk about some of the moves the Knicks could potentially make. Christian, I know you're a Knicks fan. You have some ideas of moves they could make, potentially make, moves you want them to make. Let me hear what you're thinking. So first off, we need to get rid of Marcus Morris. Marcus Morris is an amazing basketball player. Uh, Very good. Very good. Yes. Very good basketball good player. Good for what he is. Good, ama- yeah. Amazing for what he is, I want to say. Now, obviously, he's not a superstar. He's 31 years old. He puts up amazing numbers, plays hard every night. But he's not, This is his best season to date, no doubt. Yeah. yeah. He, do, he does not fit the Knicks' timeline whatsoever, though. If I was him, if I were the Knicks, sorry, I would trade him to the Lakers or the Clippers and potentially ask for someone like Kyle Kuzma back or some of the. Well, the Clippers. The thing with the Clippers, though, is they don't have any first round picks. So they we don't, can, yeah. So, we, so you really can't get much out of that. If the Knicks were smart, they would have said this was their plan all along, that they signed these veterans, like to Marcus trade Morris, them. to trade them in the and first I, place. And I don't like the idea of signing him to an extension. He's never been an all-star. He's never averaged 20 points that, in his that, career. And it's blasphemous to I me. Think, I think I'd say that's not going to happen at this point because Steve Mills is No, but is there out. still was a chance, though. That, I think that was before, maybe before Steve Mills was gone. I think the focus now, and I do believe these reports, that Marcus Morris is 100% out. He's going to get traded either way. It's just where. Where? That's the question. Honestly, for the Lakers, I would ask for Kyle Kuzma back because he's probably the only tradable asset on their only tradable player period on their team. You could trade Car- Caruso as another option there, maybe. Yeah, but for Marcus Morris, I don't want Alex Caruso. Well, it would, it would, yeah, that's true. So, and then the Knicks have been linked to D'Angelo Russell, but I the the New York Knicks are so reluctant to give up on Mitch, to give Mitchell Robinson up, which makes no sense to me. He is not take the step forward that all these Knicks fans wanted to take. And D'Angelo Russell literally brought the Nets to the playoffs last mm-hmm. year. He's putting up amazing stats on the Warriors, even though the Warriors aren't winning. That team is horrible. Yeah, and my, you can't expect him to do anything like I, that. What I'm thinking, anyone on this Knicks team besides RJ Barrett, but I mean, really, I'm not sure he's untouchable. Anyone on this team can be traded. And I think the Knicks should really go all in on this D'Lo offer. I do understand if they... Keep R.J. Barrett, though. If keep you, R.J. I understand if you don't want to give up this year's first-round pick. I do understand that because they really shouldn't do that. It's going to be a high pick. But really, they should have no reluctance trading Robinson, Mitchell Robinson, Kevin, Kevin Knox, Frank Milikina, Alonzo Trier, any of these guys. They should be willing to trade for DeAndre Russell. If this would be... How long would it be... It's over like two years. The Knicks have had a r- real star in New York. I mean, Porzingis was a star, but he was hurt for a long time. Carmelo, he really his last two or three years wasn't really a star player. Russell, this would really bring energy back to the Garden, and I think the Knicks really should go all in on this offer. But again, I don't think the Knicks are. The Knicks are too reluctant. The Knicks fans seem to love Mitchell Robinson, and he does put up. He's a good shot fans blocker. Fans and Scott Perry. And Scott Perry, yeah. too. But I don't see the drill on Mitchell Robinson. Am I wrong, Jack? What does he do that's so, like, out he, of this world? There's nothing to me that he, he's... You, you just saw Capella got traded to the to These the type of centers, they have no offensive game. Capella, Capella just, They can fit on any team. Clint Capella, who's on a four-year, $100 million contract, just got traded for Robert Covington, who's been a journeyman in this league. He got traded for him to the, Haw- to the Hawks. There's nothing special about these type of big men anymore. They can do their job well, but they're not... Worth that much money, and they they really have really no think, value. They're replaceable. People think that Metro Robinson can become Anthony Davis, which is outstanding, outlandish. Never heard that one before. 
You never heard that one? You never heard the Knicks fans say that? Knicks fans <laughs> say a lot of things. But I don't want to rant too much on uh, the Knicks. Yes, I want but, to talk about. But, no, but I think we, we need to keep going. Like no, D-Lo to the. I'm very D-Lo, D-Lo to the Knicks. Yeah, D-Lo to the Timberwolves. Is that what you're yeah, going to say? Yeah, I was just saying D-Lo to yeah, the Timberwolves. Yeah, because D-Lo to the Timberwolves much more uh, makes much more sense straight. if you were to go to the Timberwolves. Let's say, and I, if I'm the Timberwolves, I'm willing to give up Andrew Wiggins. I don't know about you, but I oh, totally easily. prefer D'Angelo Russell. I don't care if it's his best season since people since Jimmy Butler called him yeah, soft. Yeah, he's really. Wiggins has really slowed down as the season got has as the season has gone on. Trading him for Russell, D'Lo and Carl Anthony Towns, we know they're friends. I think they would really bring energy back to that Timber that Minnesota city. I mean, him they could, the pick and roll would work. I think obviously they're friends. It would just and when was the last time Timberwolves had a good point guard? I don't even I know. Stefan Marbury or yeah. Ricky Rubio. No, he no. Not exactly. Yeah, I couldn't even think of anything. Yeah, they, the Timberwolves, they haven't had a point guard forever. They, Jeff Teague has not been getting the job done. He's not even on the team anymore. But getting D'Angelo Russell, I mean, the, I saw this thing that the Timberwolves haven't even won a game since, like, November. Or Carl Anthony Towns hasn't because he's been hurt. Like, how ridiculous is that? Carl Anthony Towns is the best center in the NBA right now. If, Second best center in the NBA. If the Timberwolves don't make a trade, Carl Anthony Towns is not on the team this time next year. Another point I want to bring he's, up he's is not on the team that Call of Duty Towns, though. The New York Knicks are monitoring his situation, and the fact that the Knicks are still reluctant to give up Mitchell Robinson for Call of Duty Towns in a potential trade mm. is outlandish. That's not that's not happening. Sorry. Call of Duty Towns to the Knicks. Not the, I'm not saying the deadline, but the Knicks are interested in him. Too far in advance to s- speculate that. I think we need to focus on D'Lo right now, who I think there's a very good chance he could if trade. I was the words, I wouldn't even necessarily trade him, though, unless you have an amazing offer. I mean, you if you depends if they want to look at him with Steph Curry, they want to see how they play together, but they really don't need D'Lo, to be honest, and I think the best offer would be trading him to the Wolves for Andrew Wiggins. You can get a solid wing player, which they don't really have right now. I mean, Clay, it's Clay Thompson, but he could play. I could see Wiggins fitting in with Steph and Clay pretty well. I think he would fit way better than you when you get, if you got a combination of Kevin Knox, Mitchell Robinson, and Frank Nielakina. I mean, those are all players who have not reached their potential or are not going to for a very long time. Maybe he never even will. That's very true. Yeah, so, I mean, with this, with D'Angelo Russell, I, I mean... Very, very interesting situation. There's so many places where he I fit think, and doesn't fit. I think the Knicks... And I don't think the Warriors were ever at the perfect landing spot for him. Yeah, so, no. if I was D'Angelo Russell, I would honestly be pushing for a trade out of Golden State. He he probably would be fine staying. He would. I think he would fit in with the Knicks and the Timberwolves. Either one would work, and he would be fine with either. But... Maybe I'm pushing for the Timberwolves more because let's say he goes to the Knicks and the Knicks have to give up all these assets for him. How many players are even left on the Knicks? Like, they're not going to be good with him. Uh, I'm sorry to say, but the Knicks are still going to suck with D'Angelo Russell. And how do you know D'Angelo Russell's not going to want out after that? I mean, if, But D'Angelo's just signed an extension, though. He's kind of locked in. If he gets traded to the Knicks, though, I mean, he's locked in with the Knicks. He's Same with the Timberwolves if he gets traded there. But, I mean, I, I could see the Timberwolves having more, more success than the Knicks. Yeah, than the Knicks. The Conley Towns has never won in his career except for Jimmy I mean, Butler. before... He, Carlton Towns got injured this year. The Timberwolves were, they weren't doing bad. They were a few games above a 500. They were improving, but he got hurt. Everything spiraled out of control. But with D'Angelo Russell, I mean, I could really see them making improvements. They have a solid coach in Ryan Saunders, and they really have some nice, they have Jarek Culver, nice piece there. They got. They just got, Um, I'm blanking right now in the trade. They got Evan Turner. They have some nice pieces. But, I, th- I mean, it's really no question that the Timberwolves would have more success with D'Angelo Russell than the Knicks. Yeah. So, but I could see him fitting in either way. He'll ball out on the Knicks, too. But they're just not going to have success. They really don't have any pieces to complement him at all. Think about it. D'Angelo Russell's game is kind of similar to RJ's, too. That's very true. But the thing is, yeah, I agree with you on that. The Knicks would honestly suck with D'Angelo Russell if he's had yeah, some exactly. outlandish signing. 
Unless they get another uh, another guy, but the thing no is, if gonna... you if you were if the Knicks got D'Angelo Russell, unless they didn't get the first pick in the draft, none of these draft prospects even fit the Knicks. Yeah, no, no one's... All the, they're all none of them. None of the wings, in my opinion, gonna have to be picked. I mean, if, you tra- the if you pick trade, would be. if you trade Robinson for D'Lo and you get Wiseman, that's maybe perfect. that maybe that could work. But that unfortunately, I do not think the that's N- gonna happen. The Knicks are, in my opinion, one of the worst situations now because they're gonna have a top pick and an awful draft with no players that even fit their team. Because a lot of these guards, they yeah. have RJ Barrett already. They have a lot of prospects that aren't good. And then the ones yeah. that are okay don't fit there. Yeah, it's it's, it's very t- very tough time to be a Knicks fan. It's an unfortunate situation, but I think one thing is for certain: they are going to trade Marcus Morris. For who I don't know. Maybe it's going to be Andrew, D'Angelo Russell. Maybe it's going to be Kyle Kuzma. And again, with Kuzma, we talk about this. The Knicks have so many power exactly. forwards already, and they yes. signed Bobby Portis. And top, top, Bobby Portis is on a thirty million dollar contract. Yes. So it's not like we could just throw and him out the window. Kyle Kuzma, does that get you excited? Because it doesn't get me excited at all. He's 20. He's a good he's a good player for the Lakers, not a good player for the Knicks. In my opinion, if, if yeah. he's in a situation with the Knicks, I could totally see him spiraling out. He's 24 years old. He's not a superstar. Will never be a superstar. Will never be a top two player on a championship team. I, he, he fits on this Lakers team. They ne- don't necessarily need to trade him. On the Knicks, I could really see him declining. Like, really. Plus, the Lakers are an amazing organization. There's, there's, I don't think the Knicks are at all. Playing, is playing time even guaranteed on this Knicks team with all these vets? I mean, he's a young guy. We've seen Dennis Smith get benched. We've seen Frank Nielakina get benched. We Dennis don't know. Smith's another guy the Knicks need to get rid of. Just... Yeah, that's true. But, I mean, Kyle Kuzma on the Lakers, I really don't see why the Lakers are pushing a trade necessarily for Kyle Kuzma when they couldn't really keep him. They're already 38 and 14. They have they are they are going to the championship, I believe, this year. They are going to be contenders in the playoffs. So really keeping Kyle Guzma, I don't see the issue. Why do you need to trade him? Maybe for Marcus Morris, is that a step up? Maybe. But again, Kyle Guzma is younger and really similar games. Marcus Morris is probably a bit more polished right now, you agree at this yeah, point. Yeah, he's more polished. Maybe better shooter. But. Yeah, but it's not really going to make a difference either way. So it depends what the Lakers want to do. I mean the Knicks, they will get rid of Marcus Morris before tomorrow. It's just a question of what team, as we said before. And moving on from this, another big headline, this trade deadline, has been Andre Iguodala on the Memphis Grizzlies. And the comments John, John Morant and Steph Curry have made. Christian, I know you want to touch on this. Let's hear your thoughts. Uh, Grizzlies, you just need to get rid of Andre Iguodala. Your timelines do not match whatsoever. John Morant and Jaron Jackson are two players that are honestly rising stars in the NBA. He doesn't want to be there. The Grizzlies don't. John Morant clearly doesn't want him there. Now they're just Dylan Brooks. And I think that Andre Iguodala right now would be a cancer on your team. He's a player that has won three NBA championships. He's a veteran in this league. He's been here for a while. Cancer and, isn't a good thing? Like Oh, a cancer to the young guys. The, yes, okay. Yeah. yeah, my bad. Cancer. He's not, but remember, again, he's not like really doing anything with the team right now. He's not, it's yeah, not but just sitting having, out. Just yeah. having him there, though, in my opinion, is not a good thing with the young guys because he's making comments about them and yeah. he's making comments about him. So I, don't, I don't think they've really... They don't respect him and he doesn't respect they them. They haven't interacted at all, though, really. It's not like he's even on the team, which is where my problem comes in. How is well, you're it, paying him. Though, that's you're, you're paying, this is where our problem comes in. How is a player allowed to be traded to a team, and let's say he doesn't want to play for that team? How is that player just allowed to decide, I'm not playing? I'm that's, not, the I'm thing, not playing. that's the thing that I think is driving the Grizzlies but, crazy because John Morant is busting his, yeah. his butt every night, and he just has a veteran who might. John Morant is much better than Andre Iguodala at this moment right now, clearly. Yeah, how is Andre Iguodala and allowed? And John Morant doesn't like that. Just because he's a veteran, he's acting like he's a like he's a LeBron James. For example. How is Andre Iguodala allowed to get traded to a team? It's not it's not his fault he got traded, but he got traded to a team. How is he allowed to sit and just not be a, even a part of the team? It's not like he's he, supposedly injured. He's not, but even if he's hurt, he's not he's not at the games. He's not going to the practices. He's at home, probably not even in Memphis. 
doing his own thing. He hasn't been affiliated with this team at all. He hasn't done anything to help improve this team, even if it's in the, the film room or in, in practice or anything. And he's getting paid. That's what I have the problem with. How, is, how does the NBA allow players to just decide not, that they're not going to play for a team and that they and they still get paid their contract. Like, isn't that a really big that, problem in the NBA? It, I don't understand that. They should, the NBA I don't should, care what you've done. Unless you're LeBron James and Kevin Durant, Steph Curry. This is a load management on steroids. Yes, it's a load management on steroids. Because how just because you're unhappy doesn't mean that you could just yeah, disassociate either, yourself and then act like the, the Grizzlies owe you something. But even though it's in their best interest... To, to get rid of you, it's it's insane to me. You have to either plus with the Grizzlies and their young guys. Like if you if you're young, your rising superstar, number two overall pick, John Morant, is going out and saying that we need to get rid of somebody. How can you hold on to him? What he isn't making a crazy amount of money where it's like no team would want to trade for him. It's not like he's on a long contract. Andre Iguodala is at the point of his career where he just wants to play for a contender. He doesn't want to be affiliated with your team in any way. I mean, that's so clear. But my another problem is, even though I don't agree necessarily what he's doing, the Memphis Grizzlies have to be one of the dumbest people to organize the way they have them. How could you not get rid of him? He has a, If he hasn't played, you think he's just going to all of a sudden just change his mind in one day? No, it's not going to happen. Stop trying to hold on to him and see if you can get trade assets for him. Oh, I don't believe this is the Grizzlies' problem at all. They can't force this man to play at all. And it's they're not, well, they're they're not, not going to get let, rid let of him. Let me see what I have to say. They're not going to cut him for nothing. They're going to wait until the best possible trade for Andre Iguodala to develop develops. But I think this is, again, an NBA problem here. Why why can't the NBA void his contract so he makes no money at all? And then, let's say the Grizzlies have to trade him, or he just he's automatically not on the Grizzlies anymore. You can't have a player on a team not playing one healthy, because I think he is healthy now, and just sit out and not do anything with the team. It's, it's really ridiculous to me. And I know the Grizzlies should trade him, and they probably will trade him, but it's not... It's it's real. I don't see how that's gonna happen because, like, I know the the Grizzlies like they need to, they need to trade Andre Iguodala, and Andre Iguodala doesn't want to be there. And John Morant's comments and Steph Curry's comments is a whole big thing now. But I really don't blame Iguodala, like you said. He wants to play for contender, and if he wants to play for a contender, that is hundred percent his choice, and he should be able to honor that choice. But the Grizzlies. They, they can hold on to him as long as he wants because it's in their best interest. And if they when the best trade develops, they're going to trade him. But I don't understand how we can still be making money on this team. Like, the NBA should be able to step in. That's the what I'm saying. The answer to the question why he's making money is because he's the vice president of the NBA Players Association. So he would most likely win that fight against the NBA every single time because his fellow players are going to align with him. That shouldn't... I, I mean, I don't really... I don't I, agree with it, but that's part that, of the that reason. Should, that should not be... A part of like how how this works, he should not be able. No, to, I agree with you. I'm just yeah. saying that there's no way he would lose be, that chance. It should be the same for him as any other player. I'm just saying this is a problem in the NBA where a player should not be allowed to yeah, should be allowed to sit it, out. No matter who paid. you are, like we we were arguing a couple months ago about Kawhi Leonard when he was sitting out games, and how he's getting paid to do a job to play every single night. But this is ridiculous. He Andre Gallagher just isn't playing because he wants to play for contender. I mean, if he if he showed up day one when he got traded and still wanted to be out, that's respectable. You're showing up to your job, but now that he's not, he doesn't even show up, it's, it's kind of ridiculous on his part and the NBA's part that they're not going to take action. I agree with you, but I don't see anything happening because who Andre Godala is and his role in the NBA today, plus the fact that he's a proven winner, so fellow NBA players, which is even crazier, they're going to side with him. And yeah. if we're being real here, they're the ones who make all these rules in the NBA with the new collective bargaining True. agreements. Hopefully, maybe so, maybe he'll get traded soon. We don't know. Yeah. Yeah. 
And then his reputation is too good around the league with some stars to uh, true. So have true. stuff happen. Again, we saw Steph Curry respecting him, respecting Which him a lot. Which is crazy to me. I mean, he should be respected. He's respecting him, but like the fact that... It's like, not like John Morant isn't respecting him. He's just calling out what he's doing is wrong. Yeah, but you can definitely tell that there's some uh, clear uh, tension yeah, between but him I, and John I mean, Morant. And think, about, think about this. John Morant, he probably hasn't spoken a word to Iguodala. Oh, no, definitely not. I doubt it. But So it's really... They don't even know each other. So I think... Hopefully, this will spew over in a few days. Hopefully, we'll get traded so we don't have to deal with this anymore. But and one trade has already ha- major trade has already happened during the NBA trade, de- trade deadline week. Yesterday, Clint Capello was traded to the Atlanta Hawks, which I mentioned earlier. And really, the only other major move in that trade was Robert Covington getting traded to the Rockets. I know we have different opinions on this trade. Personally, I think Clint Capella getting traded from the Rockets is a bad mood, uh, bad move on the Rockets' part. And here, let me tell you why. I know the Rockets are 10 to 1 this season without Clint Capella. I mean, I don't know who they played during those 10 game, those 11 games, but it could be, could have been bad teams, could have been good teams. But think about it this way: in the playoffs, in the West playoffs, if the Rockets, let's say, get matched up with the Lakers, for example, they have three big men: Anthony Davis, uh, JaVale McGee, and Dwight Howard. Who is going to match up against those three seven-footers? P.J. Tucker, he's 6'5". Eric Gordon, he's like 6'5", too. Um, they got Jordan Bell, but he's not, not very good. None of them are going to be able to match up with any of them. Especially the thing about Anthony Davis. Like, no one's going to be able to even put a body on him. And I know the Rockets are, you know, this um, three-point this like three point shooting team, small ball lineup. They don't want any centers. They don't want anyone on the floor who can't shoot. But they've had Glenn Capella on their team the past, what, four, five years since he's been in the league. He's really developed into a solid player. And it's not like the Rockets haven't had success with him. They almost made it to the finals one year. They almost beat the Warriors last year. If it weren't for Chris Paul's injury or like Kevin Kevin Durant like not getting hurt, Rockets could have been in the NBA Finals. I mean, it's not like Clint Capella's really been holding them back. I, I, this move could really work out for them. I'm not saying it's not, but I just don't think it's going to have the effect that Daryl Morey thinks it's going to have. You changed my opinion a tad bit on that. I didn't think about the the playoffs necessarily when you match up against guys like JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard. I was thinking, my original my initial reaction was that the Rockets are so committed to playing a spread out offense with James Harden, Eric Gordon, Russell Westbrook, all these guys that can shoot or can't shoot for say, but shoot a lot is, is a better way to say it. Pella was stopping them from doing that. He's a guy that literally could only catch lobs, rebound a little bit, and play solid defense. He can't get out on the play. He can't be... That guy, that center, he doesn't move well enough to be the five on the offense. And the Rockets are so committed to playing a fast-paced tempo. That's not Clint Compella's game. Not saying they didn't have success with him, but I think that the Rockets are starting to realize that when you have two guys such as Russell Westbrook and James Harden who want to push the pace completely, play 36, 38 minutes a game for the whole year, that Clint Capella, no matter what he can do, no matter how many lobs, how many rebounds he can get for you or who he can match up for, he slows down the offense so much. And Mike D'Antoni's whole career has been run and gun. Now he's the two best run and gun guys of all time, you could say, on the same, not say of all time, but in the league right now. And Clint Capella was in the way. Plus, they needed another shooter. Robert Covington, I opinion, I think is a really good, is a very good player in the NBA for what he does. Perfect three and D, averaging around 14 points a game uh, on 40% from three. Always plays good defense. The Rockets need those type of players, and I think that Capella was a perfect guy they can flip. And they got rid of his massive contract that was uh, stopping them from getting some free agents the past that, couple of years. That is true, but then I again I bring into question why do they sign him to that contract in the first place? It's not like he's learned anything new. So that brings into question their management right there. I think there. that right there, he was a guy that you had to pay at the time because 
those lobs was working completely. They didn't have Russell Westbrook. But it was no, only nothing, James Harden. Nothing has changed though. Like a, a big chunk of their points, you have to remember, come from him getting real and putting it back up, and him and James Harden's pick and roll. I mean, so many times you never know if James Harden is going to go for that little floater. But if you watch the Rockets play this year, they've. The pick and roll with Clint Capella has not been as effective. Or uh, not it, as effective. They haven't really run it this, as much. It's really the same thing. They haven't run it as much, though. So I know, I but it's really, for him. it's really the same thing. What's going to change so much without Clint Capella? I mean, you mentioned Mike D'Antoni running this seven-second offense. It's not like he didn't use centers when he was on the, well, with the Suns. He had Amari Stoudemire. Amari Stoudemire is a very different center, though, than Clint Capella. I know, but it was still it was still very effective. I mean, seven seconds, Amari doesn't really have time to post up with his game there. I mean, he, he did that occasionally, but there wasn't as much time to. He was catching lobs from Steve Nash all the time. I mean, it, it certainly would work. It's been working to an extent for the past few years with the Rockets. Again, they've had success. They've almost made the finals. Almost is the keyword, I understand, but... I mean, trading Clint Capella in his massive contract, I get you want to get rid of him because of the contract, but you signed him in the first place for that reason, and they really have no big man now. Like, that's... This is the first time it real, an well, NBA team has never had a guy above, what, 6'7"? This is probably six, the first time in history. Since yeah. 1963. Yeah. It was reported uh, yesterday. The thing, though, when you, you brought up how he got signed to that huge contract, $100 million. I think the Rockets were in a spot where they didn't want to get rid of him, but they didn't uh, They didn't want to get keep him necessarily, but they couldn't really get rid of him. So they were just willing to pay him whatever he wants. And I think that they, the Rockets are trying to trade for guys such as Jimmy Butler in the past few years and attract some free agents like LeBron. And that contract was always in the way. And I think that they finally realized that, or they think they can be as good who, without Clint Capella. Who are they going to attract, though, at this point? They have. They who, had nobody. They couldn't attract anybody because they couldn't pay about, anybody. Think about this. James they, Harden they have has James on a $236 million contract. I know, I know. Think, think about this. They have James Harden and Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook. I know everyone always says there's only one ball, but there's really only one ball. And these guys are the two most ball-dominant players in the entire league. What is another star going to do? Honestly, besides maybe Anthony Davis, who's never going to go there, like I would, that would be a perfect fit, but he, that's not going to happen. There's no really big man who would ever go to the Rockets and really make another impact. It's not like they can have another guard, right? Yeah, you. good point. You got me I there. mean, they can't. And also, I think, think it's a this. huge relief, though. We they know can James... sign some other solid role players to those contracts now. The, the more 3 and D, I think, the, is what know, the Rockets need. I don't think they need Clint Capella. They, but they had such... They already had multiple 3 we and D guys. They, they were 10-1, had, and one, though, when he wasn't playing. That, that is true. Again, we don't know what teams they were. And it's like they've had success with him in the past, though. So this is... It's really nothing new. And they do have 3 and D guys already, I think. They have Eric Gordon. They have Daniel House, who's been great from 3 this year. They I mean, they traded Gerald Green. P.J. Tucker is another guy. Think about it this way. Russell Westbrook and James Harden, two of the most inefficient guys in the entire league. At times, they can also be really effective and get a lot of points and triple doubles, but they can also be really inefficient. Who's going to get those rebounds when they miss all those shots? No, but... It's it's, exactly... It's it's a rhetorical question. It's going to be really interesting to see because who's going to get those rebounds when they miss those shots? The lob game is completely gone now. That's a huge chunk of their points. I know you said it's not been as effective this year, but even the small effectiveness that it's had, those points are all gone because who's who's catching lobs now? Nobody. So, I mean, it's really... I, I do not like this trade at all. I'm sorry. I know you like it. I just, I really don't see it working out. But I think we can both agree <laughs> for the Hawks, it was an excellent move because Trey the, Young's averaging nine assists a game. He's an up and coming player in the league. This is a, Clint yeah. the perfect player for Trey Young. Yeah, though. he can. They can run the pick and roll. He can be kind of like James Harden with those lobs. They can get that, make that really efficient. And Trey Young, Clint Capella is a player that's good enough to win now, and he's still very young. True. I so mean, they can develop with him. Think about it. He's, and he's best, not going anywhere because he's on a huge contract. He's the second best player on the Hawks now. And no, no free agent wants to go to the Hawks. He's first the only. Off, so then the Hawks have a player that's locked in. 
is on, even though he's making really a lot of money, uh, he's not going to go anywhere. He's not going to want to leave, and he's not going to go anywhere. There's no market for him right now. Even the, the, I'm just happy the Hawks finally got a player that isn't in is that isn't a rookie or a second year player. Thank God, because Trey Young needs more. It was getting ugly out there. They had Trey Young. They had a bunch of rookies who didn't know how to play basketball and didn't know the off didn't know offense at all. They finally got a guy who can be just a stable piece of an organization. A guy who's actually been in the league for more than two years. They finally got that guy, and this is the second best player on the team now. The Hawks I mean, now have Trey Young, Kevin Herdier, Cam Reddish, uh, DeAndre Hunter, and Clint Capella. I think that's a perfect lineup for it's, rebuilding it's a team nice right young, now. It's a nice young core. I mean, we all thought the Hawks were well, going to take that. Well, Trey Young, we established, is, yeah. a very, is established player in the NBA We all now. thought they were going to take that step this year. Oh, we were completely wrong about that. They but did not take that step at all. I'm not sure how much Clint Capella... Who knows? They might actually be... I, they're definitely not making the playoffs, but I could maybe see them having a much better second half of the season. I'm not sure Clint Capella is going to really change anything with the Hawks. I think they're still going to be bad for a long time. I don't think they're going to be good next year because no one. I don't really see anyone taking a huge step except Trey. Honestly, he's not going to really make a big difference, but... They're going to be more competitive, and that's all that matters with Clint Capella. And that's why they, they brought him in there. So if a guy who knows how to play basketball, you can like bring some stability with it, within that organization. And, yeah, I do think that that, that it, it's better than what they had. Clint Capella, it's, I hope, I'm hoping to see some more big trades like that because I think that's exactly what the NBA needs. And I just want to talk about um, to, uh, Derek Rose for, for a minute. Derek Rose, I think, would be a perfect— Former MVP. Former MVP, yes, at 21 years old or 22 years old. Don't quote me on that. Derrick Rose, I think, would be a perfect fit with the Los Angeles Lakers or the Los Angeles Clippers. And I think that he's one of those players that both L.A. teams don't want the other team to have. He's a guy that can come off the bench. He's averaging on 18 points a game. He's playing really good basketball right now. I know he doesn't play any defense, but he's that spark that you need who can come in for 20, 25 minutes a game and play really hard, uh, distribute the ball, do anything you'd want him to do. He's not going to be ball dominant. He's not going to be a good, a bad locker guy. He's been in the league for a while. He knows what he wants. And I think that he's finally, I think that if he can win a championship this year, uh, which he, I assume he's extremely motivated to because his name's on the training block, he can finally cement himself for his Hall of Fame case because he's had an amazing second, I wouldn't say amazing, good enough second half of his post-injury career where he was able to finally find his role in the NBA and it could be a place for him to grow uh, for the later end of his career when he could have averaging 50 points a game but still contributing. What do you think, Jack? I know there's been all these this speculation about him either going to the Clippers or the Lakers. And I mean, yeah, he would be good on both. He, I think the Lakers may be a better fit because they're be- they don't really don't have much playmaking off their bench. But the team personally... I would want to see Derrick Rose go to, and I think would have the biggest benefit, or the Philadelphia 76ers. As of right now, the Sixers have been struggling a lot. Just the other night, they lost by 30-plus points to the Miami Heat, which is pretty much inexcusable. That's kind of foreshadowing. That could be foreshadowing what's going to happen in this playoff, these upcoming playoffs. And the Sixers, they really have no team. The Sixers really have no like player that can create their own shot, honestly. Think about it. There's really no one. Ben Simmons can't shoot. Joel Embiid, he's, he's a center. Only can be so effective in the modern-day NBA. He, he has the post-up game, but he's, again, can't really create his own shot as effectively as some, some of these guards. And then you got you got Tobias Harris, who I think they should have kept Jimmy Butler instead of him. You got him on a $200 million contract. He really only spot up, spot up threes. That's all, he's, that's all he can do. You got Hal Horford, which has been a really awkward fit. We, we have to admit it, awkward fit right there. And Josh, Josh Richardson, who hasn't been anything special at all. You need a guy like Derrick Rose coming onto this team. I think that would have an enormous impact. They would find they could have a guy coming off the bench finally who can create their own shot, finally replace 
that Jimmy Butler or that J.J. Redick that they've been lacking and missing this entire season. I mean, Derrick Rose isn't, he's not Derrick, he's not Jimmy Butler, but he's a shell of him. And he would definitely, I think, improve this Sixers team, especially in crunch time. Easy, oh, yeah, big time. They don't have a closer right get them, now. Get them easy buckets. Because, I mean, Ben Simmons in, in crunch time, he's, it's not like he's not even there. I mean, in Joel Embiid, again, he's the center, can only do so much in crunch time. You need that guy like Derrick Rose. He would probably be playing at the end of the games. Ends of the games. And he would have a big impact. So, I, honestly, there's been no really rumors about him going. The thing the is, Sixers though, I all. think there's been the rumors because who do the Sixers have to give up? I mean, exactly. They could, I would say give up Josh Richardson. I'm not sure if the contracts match there. Yeah, I, that's I, the thing, though, for the Pistons, though. I think they would. I think the reason that the Pistons would be maybe willing to stay in the Lakers is they could give up Kyle Kuzma. Sixers instead, could attach a first. That could work. A first in Josh, Josh Richardson. For Derrick Rose, I would do that in a heartbeat if I were the Sixers. Pistons, I'm not really sure what their mindset is right now. They got a first for Derrick Rose, who's not going to be on the team next year. So I think that's a positive. So, But that's just hypothetically what I'm thinking, the team that I would want to see Derrick Rose go to. Because the Sixers are struggling. To me, they're kind of turning into the Raptors when they had DeMar DeRozan and Kyle Lowry. Like, every year is a good year. But like never a, a championship but, year. Or never, never make it. No success in the playoffs at all, which is kind of what we've been seeing with the Sixers. And I don't want that to happen to DeMar DeRozan and Ben Simmons. I want them to see, see success, but I'm not really sure that's ever going to happen because they're... The it, games don't fit. The team is no just matter like, how much you want to say it. It's just awkward. Ben Simmons they, and Joel Embiid, they both really can't shoot the ball the, that well. The team well. is just awkward. They don't have... I think last year was their year. They had a chance last year to become to really make a run at it with Jimmy Butler and and JJ Redick. They had they were really stacked last year. Think about it. They had the second best record, second best team in the NBA, yeah. talent wise. This this year, it's it's really I don't know if this year's team is ever gonna have another chance to win a championship. I think at this point you have to start considering trades for Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, especially if you don't make it to the finals this year. I'm I'm trading one of them. I, I think it's in it's it's you can't deny it that you you can't just keep making. The second round or the conference finals every single year, never making it to the championship. We saw what the Raptors had to do eventually. They had to pull pull the trug, pull pull the trigger. I mean, sorry, and trade for um, Kawhi Leonard and get rid of DeMar DeRozan, who was beloved in in Toronto. But think about it: what would happen if the Sixers traded Embiid? There'd probably be marches in Philadelphia, riot, riots and stuff because he's so beloved. But I think that's what's gonna have to happen. I agree with you. I just don't. Un- the Sixers are in such a tough spot, in my opinion, now. Because, like, if you do not make the finals this year, I think Brett Brown is gone. He's think, a dead man walking. This is what I was thinking. Think about this trade. If, if let's say, the Rockets and the Sixers, both of them early playoff exits this year. What about what about this trade? Um, Embiid for Harden. I know that would never happen, ever. But I was just thinking about that. I feel like that would kind of make sense. I don't know why, but I feel like it kind of would. The Rockets, early another early playoff exit. I mean, Embiid... And Westbrook, think about that. That's not an awful combination right there. That could work. I mean, considering that... I, mean, Harden, I don't think Joel Embiid would work at all in the Mike D'Antoni system, the post-up. I mean, he would. maybe he would have to go. Maybe he would have to change stuff up. But, th- but like, a change would definitely be necessary for both teams. Just yes. a, change, a change of mindset because nothing has been working for the Rockets. Maybe just a change of coach, though. Maybe ben, maybe Brett Brown really is that bad off maybe, all. He like, doesn't know how to use a team. I, the fact that true. he couldn't win with... Yeah. I Jimmy guess we, Butler we won't, and Tobias Harris. We won't be able to and know. Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. We're not going to be able to know if Rep, until Brett Brown leaves, but this Sixers team, I really do think eventually they're going to have to trade either Embiid or Simmons. They're going to have to decide. Especially the fact that they don't want to give between, up Al Horford because of the Milwaukee Bucks. Like, yes. That's insane to me. They have to decide between Simmons, Embiid, or the coach. I don't know what they're going to decide. It's going to be tough. But again, I think last year was the year. And Al Horford has recently, he, a few hours ago, he just said that the Sixers are having some locker room troubles once again. 
and they're going to keep it internal. But that's what happened last year with Jimmy Butler hinted. Some locker room trouble, troubles again. So is it is this Ben Simmons and Joel him feuding about who's the better star? Like, we don't know. I don't know what's going on in there, but nothing good. And I they're not really – they're not living up to their standards that they should be with the talent on that team. Yeah, exactly. And who knows, though? That's, I didn't think about that. I honestly thought that Jimmy Butler was a locker room issue because he, he was the one who destroyed the Minnesota Timberwolves true, franchise. True, I know. Maybe and he, then I he, thought, no one really knew about the Sixers until after that. No, yeah, no, one, internal. no one knew there were any troubles in the locker room. So maybe ben, Sim- ben Simmons and Joel Mead say they're friends, but we're not friends with them, so we yeah. don't really know what's really going on. I, I do think that there is some beef there because they're, they want they both want the fan love and the appreciation of I was the guy originally, through the process, as they call it's it. It's certainly very shady stuff going on in with the Philadelphia 76ers, really, I don't see them doing anything in the playoffs this year, even even after everyone had so many lofty expectations for them. I really think they're going to... A first-round exit is not out of play, in my opinion, with the way they've been playing against these teams that they should be beating with this talent. I don't think it's out of question. But I think we've pretty much covered everything, don't you think? Yeah. It's been, we, I'm very, I think it's going to be a very good trade deadline. Exciting it's, one. It's not, as, it's not the most exciting that we've seen in the past. But it's certainly more exciting recently. I think it might be a little bit underrated. We could have we could see some potentially big moves with James Russell, uh, Marcus Morris, and first round picks. We, we Kyle Kuzma. We could see some things happen. I mean, these these aren't superstars, but they're certainly above average players who can make the league interesting if they get traded. I guess we'll have to wait and see tomorrow at three o'clock the deadline. Um, yeah, with that, I think that we're gonna we're gonna sign off. This is for three podcast. Adios, Jack. See ya. See you next time. At-